Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. You're napping in the bleachers, brother. That's all that matters is napping in the bleachers. And here we are for another episode of Bleacher Blums. We are going to come at you. You know, St. Arnold on tap for this podcast should just be a six pack of St. Arnold's because at this rate, we'll be able to get through several six packs of beer before uh, maybe we bring them into the uh, negotiating uh, table, you know, spice things up a little bit and get some of that truth serum running through these guys. But we'll have an update uh, as much as we can about the CBA with the Major League Baseball. And then uh, I, I've got a pretty good blast. I'm going to just, uh, I'm not going to destroy Babe Ruth, but I'm definitely going to give my argument on why he's not the number one baseball player of all time. Uh, when you get to, when you get towards the end of this podcast, I know Tuttle's going to have something to say in his segment, but uh, Tuttle, how we doing? How has your week been? What's going on? Are, you know, we will try and avoid the weather because it's bitter cold again here in Houston and I'm pissed. And I finally come to the realization that I can, I will take extreme heat over extreme cold any day of the week. And it has nothing to do with the fact that talking about my daughter's wardrobe, I am completely <laughs> ill-prepared to to go out in this uh, frozen tundra of Houston, Texas right now. Yeah, it's funny. This is becoming a pretty strong weather podcast, which you know I always right? kind of swore here in Southern California I wouldn't. But you know, I woke up this morning or yesterday morning because we we don't use the heat very often, and in the house it was fifty eight degrees. Oh, dang, <laughs> My wife's bro. out of town. I was like, damn, it's fifty eight. It was forty outside. It was thirty eight or forty. But I happened to look at Houston weather because uh, of our little Astro Line thing yesterday, and I was like, the Houston weather came up when I was looking at the radio station. And uh, it said a low of 37 and a high of 39. I was like, whoa, like I've never seen such little fluctuation. Like out here, we'll get like <laughs> 55 and 35. But I was like, oh, you guys get a two degree separator, but it's going to be cold. Um, it's cold out here in Southern California for, you know, cold is all relative. We talked about that last time. But yeah, we can just turn this into a weather podcast. It's been quite cold. So yeah, had to turn on the heat yesterday. <laughs> My wife's out of town. I, the kids woke up freezing. And like She's like, yeah, what are you like, doing are the to the kids? kids? Like, full parka and like in the scarfed up for breakfast here. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. But anyway. Dad, so, I can see my breath. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, it is different too. You mentioned uh, what's on tap and you're talking about the rodeo coming up in Houston. I mean, going out at night, like, you know, you have your dude abide sweater on. Like, you'll be... You know, you can get bundled up and head on out, but man, there's something about the morning, like waking up, it's 35 degrees. <laughs> like you don't have any desire to go take the garbage cans out no. or run out for a cup of coffee. I did, it's like yeah, you just you're right. I did that today and I was just, I, I wasn't, I was just bitter. I was like, dude, like your mind, yeah. you're, you just got out of that, you know, toasty bed. You just had that cup of coffee and you're like, dude, I have to go out there and it's going to suck. Going to suck. But you know, we've had the suck. same in California, so we're dealing with the same thing. But um, so weird. Was, yeah, but we. I had a good week. My wife went out of town, so I was, I mean, air quotes, <laughs> responsible for the kids. Your kids are a little older, but it's like I didn't have to do a whole lot. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of make sure everybody's up and out of it, and you know, back in. Is your back oldest driving? Is, is Taylor driving? Yeah, Tyler is driving. Tyler's driving. No, yeah, Taylor. Tyler. Same. You know, I've got um, a Taylor. I've got a niece, Taylor. Sorry. I know. No, 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 and I. It's common for me to call him Taylor, so you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I uh, he is driving, so but he takes zero period. So I don't know if you guys okay. have zero period in Houston. Yeah. He likes it because he avoids traffic, but Get he's a teenager. Home. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, we talked about how early I get up. I got I mean, he sets his alarm for six, and I go in there at six oh five, and then his snooze alarm goes off at six ten, <laughs> and then it's six fifteen. I'm like, dude, you have got to get in the shower. I mean, that's the parenting I have to do with a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sixteen almost seventeen year old kid. You know, it's like, it's like just I want to just throw him in the car and like, er, like get him out of here. But uh, <laughs> you know, so I do have a few obligations that early in the morning, but yeah, he's driving. That makes life, as you know, uh, a little bit easier, but you know, a little bit more worrisome at the same time, you know? Uh, and what grade are the twins in? Cause are they almost to the point where they can go to high school with Ty and he can drive them. So they're younger. That's a the good, hook? we screwed that whole thing up and I wish we didn't, but he's going to yeah, be. That's in, where we lucked out. Yeah, that's right. Well, having the triplets all in the same class. Yeah. So the twins will be able to drive each other. They're in seventh grade. They're young though for seventh okay. grade. So yeah. they have a pretty, they have eighth grade, then ninth grade. So Tyler's going to be in college by the time they head to high school. Dang it. And it's we like, had one year where Mia was driving the triplets to school. It was great. Oh yeah. It's great. I, you know, anyway, this is so funny because I, I totally agree. These are the, I mean, anybody <laughs> listening to this can certainly take, it's like, we were really good friends with the people down the road because we had a great carpool. Ever since yeah. we don't need carpool, we haven't talked to them. They used us, we used them. It's like, there's no, yeah, we see them like, hey, good to see you. How are the yep. kids doing good? You know, where we see them every single day for two years. Yeah, we don't need to get you the anymore. Schedules right, picking up yeah. the kids, drop, oh, yeah. Uh, it's so That's too funny. funny. Yeah, there's yeah. certain milestones as a parent that, you, that I really remember. And the first one was, when our oldest Mia was able to, you know, like pour pour milk into her cereal or make a piece of toast. And we put all of our all of the kids' plastic, you know, plates and utensils and some of the the dry foods on like the bottom part of the cabinets, like underneath the island, so that she could yeah. get to them. And I mean, just that extra 30 minutes of like she's not banging on the door or needs food or needs, you know, spilling things all over the place. There's that panic was taken away. That was a big step. And then when they started to drive, that was another big uh, milestone in our lives. So, yeah, totally uh, agree with you. So, your triplets are, yeah, of course they're driving. They're the same age as Tyler or Taylor in this case, but um, (laughs) they, they, uh, they, they are, I mean, I, I mean, I screw up your triplets names all the time and you know, they, mm-hmm. the kids, you know, it's been how long, five, six years since the kids have even, you know, been I in know. school together. So it's been a long, long time. And look at, uh, look at what happens. I, uh, I ran into an old friend, very similar to what you said. And they're like, he's driving. What the, <laughs> Dude, I do and that I, always, all the time. <laughs> I always say this about grandparents, because this is the different between being a parent and a grandparent. We see the progression daily, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. good mood, bad mood. Otherwise, like they grow you know, it's like your hair, you know, oh, I need a haircut all of a sudden. What happened? Why you know, it was growing every my day. my hair, man. What the heck? Is it that bad? <laughs> hey, well, I was thinking of my hair, but I'm selfish. <laughs> um, but, but what I was, but, you know, but when grandma stays away for two or three months or six months and she comes, like, you can see the impact written on her face. Like, wow. Yeah, like, you know. That's stunning. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're there every day. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. The milestones are, you know, when the kids can, I mean, I remember when my daughter started making her own eggs. She really liked eggs. Yeah, I think she was eight or nine. One, yeah. And we were, you know, we were like, ooh, she can turn on the stove. And like, all right, do you scramble in the eggs? Like, but that was great. Now, if I could still only teach them to wash the pan that they cook the eggs in. Baby I'm steps, still- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's only been four years. <laughs> she can make the eggs. You know, what's the, you oh. know how to take the reservation. So you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the hold. 
That's so true, dude. Yeah. Anyway, so look at that. We're, we're we, halfway in the podcast. We haven't talked dude, about baseball at all. No. And we just to stay on that, we have two di- – like the house we had in San Clemente, we purposely put two dishwashers in that house because we had so many people. This house, we were lucky enough to find a house that had two dishwashers again. And guess what? Guess who's loading the dishwasher every single day? Me. Yep. Yep, and because emptying it. That's how how the, hard is it to, I mean, just plop. I mean, it's yeah. it's less than a foot away. I don't know. We should start putting, that's a whole other podcast. We should put God. four dishwashers, one in each of your daughter's rooms. <laughs> oh, sir. I, you know I go what? Up, because they take their dishes in there too. It might actually be more effective to get them clean. When the cleaning, we have a cleaning lady that comes like every two weeks. When I, when I, my wife cleans before the cleaning lady comes, which I don't yep. know. I so end up doing mine. that too. All right, there you go. I, I still don't get it. That might be a guy, a female. But I go up to Tyler's room. He eats popcorn most nights. He's got like, I bring down so many dishes from that kid's room. It's like 32 dishes. I'm like, how did you have 30? Where were they hiding? Like, are they under your bed? Or like, I'm surprised we don't have mice or rats. Like, I was saying out here, it's cockroaches, man. We're like, the girl's like, ah, cockroach. I'm like, that's on you. That's like, you grab your shoe and kill it. (laughs) The unkillable (laughs) bug. But that reason it's there is because you guys love Doritos under your pillow. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm sitting in our theater filming the, you know, taping this uh, episode of Bleacher Blums. And right to my left is a massive bag of cheese. It's wide open. It's like, (laughs) you know, if I need a snack in the middle of this podcast, I'll go get it. But man, it's it's crazy. They knew right. you were going to record in here today. The Invisible Man left <laughs> True. in there last night. He was watching himself on, on yeah. the film. That's hilarious. All right. Uh, uh, what do we want to start with first? I mean, we we literally crushed 10 minutes was, of somebody's commute and that was right venting. now with our family feel, problems. But I feel like therapeutic. <laughs> that feels great. Like, you know, and oh, everybody dude. deals with it. It's it's so true, and it, just to go off on more tangents, you know, I had a charity event last night, so it was great to see a bunch of people kind of coming together for a common cause, and it really kind of gave me the idea of community here in H Town that we've cr- created. It's it's been a blast, and then this morning, a, a a family, you know, a friend said it sent out a text about a month ago and said, "Hey, you know what? I think I'm to the point where I need like some dude time. Let's go every other Friday at six a.m. at you know the local." you know, diner or whatever's open at that time. So I had that moment today where I was kind of sitting around that table. And like you just said, we all kind of, we, you know, you're talking sports, you're talking politics, your world news, uh, you know, the latest like old man treatment to keep you healthy as long as you possibly can Ooh, Yeah, and sipping coffee. And all of a sudden you kind of disperse and go back into your normal lives. And about, you know, an hour later, somebody kind of breaks the seal in a text chain and says, dude, I needed that. I don't know why or how or what happened today, but I need you just need that 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 uh, that outlet yep. to just be able to whether you're wrong or right or you sound like an idiot, you just need to be able to open your mouth and just spew some stuff, and then all of a sudden you feel that much better. Like the internal soul just kind of opens up a little bit, and you know maybe that's a sign of the times too. I don't know. I think you just put a. Uh- uh, a tagline on our podcast right there. That's exactly what this has been. You know, we don't typically us, get off really on a tangent. Been, yeah. It really has been. I mean, we're year three and it's like, you know what? I had something I wanted to share. Like my wife could give two rats patoots about like uh, the lockout or about, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm upset that I'm emptying the dishwasher all the time or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. Or whether, you know, she went to Chicago and I'm here with the kids. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, you know, right or wrong to your point, I just get to say it on here and yeah, there's no filter except the, uh, Houstonian feedback that we get. 
So yeah, because anyway. you, you're you're a man now. You're a voice down mm-hmm. here in Houston. We actually had the chance. If you had a chance to listen to Astro Line the other day. It was great to go on there. It was good for me to hang out with Julia Morales because, like you know, Tuttle is saying, you know, you need to get some of these people in your life. And I, I honestly miss TK and Julia because there's a certain rhythm and a certain uh, uh, familiarity with them and a family aspect to it, where you can kind of vent like we do and talk the game of baseball and get invigorated that way. Um, and then uh, the interview with Corey Lee was great. And then it was kind of awesome to record that segment with you. And I know the feedback was great. The radio engineer that uh, uh, worked with Mark, our, our producer, to get that. Uh, that segment out was really good and it was a lot of fun. So I'm glad that you got on there. I'm glad that you got that voice. I know some of the Twitter action was pretty good too, uh, uh, commenting on some of those spots, but uh, make sure you go to iHeartRadio, the app, and maybe check out uh, or follow uh, Astros Radio on Twitter because he'll be tweeting out uh, some links to the podcast of that Astro line if you want to get more Tuttle, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great, and uh, and I think to your point, I mean, it's just another avenue for not just us, but for the fans to hear your voice in the off season. And you know, we're all longing for for baseball to come back, and we're you know still in that little state of uncertainty. So uh, yeah, so I'm sure anything you can do in Houston, obviously charity functions, Astro Line, things like that. But it was great to be on, and I appreciate you uh, appreciate you making that happen. Yeah, hopefully that's just the beginning of it because once the season finally gets going, maybe there's going to be more opportunities. And that did air on the Sports Talk 790, the Astros flagship. So it wasn't just a pot, another podcast for Tuttle. That was his radio debut. So maybe mm. someday we'll be looking back at that as a, as a debut for uh, this entire podcast crew, which would be a lot of fun to be able to kind of move into that next realm. But until then, we're going to sit here and tell you that absolutely nothing is going on in the CBA with the Major League with Major League owners and Major League Baseball players. Uh, a lot of controversy over Max Scherzer, who has earned the right to make you know close to $300, $400 million in his career driving a Porsche. That was one of the dumbest headlines I've ever seen in my life from the Associated Press. But it happens, and uh, you know they're they're having the negotiations. And I think the biggest thing that's come out of this last week, and I'll I'll wait to you know we'll hear what Tuttle has to say. But the biggest thing that came out to me was that February twenty eighth is a deadline for some reason. I was kind of surprised by that because I, you know, I kind of figured that March 3rd, 4th might be the time that uh, they have until because they pushed some of the games back to March 5th. But apparently February 28th is that, that cutoff and that hard deadline. But somebody on Twitter, not me, and I just read this, and I found it interesting, so I have nothing to. This is not my quote. You're reading a, a statement. <laughs> <laughs> I am reading a published statement on a on a social media channel, and it may have been a player. It may have been, uh, a, you know, somebody in the media. But why is there a February 28th hard deadline when there were 84 days or 85 days you could have been having this conversation instead of the last week? So, some valid points being made there. Uh, give me an idea of what you've been reading and what you've been keeping up with. Well, I wrote down one question at the top of this thing, and it was to ask you. It was to ask you what, like, what does this deadline mean? Like, what in the? I mean, where did the deadline come from, and where, like, who, who pulled that what, out of thin the, air? You're right, though. What's yeah. that deadline entail? I mean, yeah. it's not a debt. You need to get a deal done. Correct. I mean, and then maybe anyway, we talked about last time about the spring training sites, and maybe there's a challenge in the spring training sites. But I, it just feels like an arbitrary number again, and I have a feeling it wasn't the players that put that out. 
Um, you know, February 28th, like what, I don't, it just seems very arbitrary. If they want to get stuff done, if the deal gets done in the next, like you said, if it gets done March 4th, are they still going to delay the season just for the heck of it? Because they can't like scramble and get it done. I mean, it would kind of be like, well, we're really close to finding a vaccine that, you know, works, but we, we're got to take a day off. Like it just doesn't happen. Like there's no days off. Like you, you know, let's keep the thing moving. And if you can get spring training going and get everything on, you know, let let's not worry about the deadline. Let's worry about sitting in the same room. I actually know who tweeted out what you said. Actually, it's funny. Oh, then bring. Okay. I mean, if you have the name and you want to drop it, go for it. No, no, I think it was Alex Wood. Is the tweet I read? Okay, um, yeah, he uh, left-handed, left-handed pitcher, pitcher for Dodgers and Giants. Yeah, yeah. He just said the same thing. I mean, I'm sure ninety thousand people tweeted out something along the same lines. I mean, true. Yeah. Yeah. Why is there a February 20th deadline? We've been sitting here locked out since December 1st or whatever the day. You know, it's kind of like uh. you're right. Anyway, yeah, it's a great point. He made a great point. So anyway, yeah. so yeah, so, so no new news. That's where we so we have a deadline. What's today? The 25th. So three days, mm-hmm. folks. When you hear this podcast, it'll be the deadline, right? It'll be deadline day. Yeah. Hopefully, we. we you know, hopefully by the time that you know this podcast does come out, we're wrong. <laughs> hopefully there's an agreement and uh so that that would actually put us in the position of the next podcast to go hey game on yeah. uh and that's where everybody wants to be and it, it's just amazing that everybody wants the wants the the outcome but there's so much pushback i feel i almost said something yeah no. i just right, I, I think there's more yeah, i think there's ahead. more going on on the owner side behind the scenes than there is behind the scenes with the players if that makes any sense i don't know if that makes sense no it does i do i mean i know I think I know where our biases lie, but I will say this: yes, that true. I just, I just think it's um, any negotiation. This has nothing to do with baseball or anything else. These collective, the media is so funny because what are you going to give to the media? It's like, oh, we're nowhere near. We're never close. Like, like we're idiots to like read every day and go, oh my god, they're nowhere close. Oh my god, the deadline's February twenty eighth. Like. There's going to be parties that want to get this thing done, and maybe they both want to get it done. And we were talking about the back channels for I'm like sure the free agents. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's owners that definitely want to get it done. But that's yeah. where I think that's where I was trying to explain it is. You really have a unified front in the players. I'm not sure if it's that way on the ownership side. Correct. That no, that know. makes sense. No, it makes yeah. sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, whatever, 32 owners and, you know, maybe 20 of them are aligned or something like that. Yeah. Because you have different markets, different ideas of how the game should be, you know. Correct. I was just going to say like revenue sharing and it's yeah, a business. Yeah. It's like, look, I can take losses for six months and you can't. And If I if I can, I want to explain something real quick because yeah. the, the CBT, it's starting to show up in some of these uh, twi- twi- Twitter threads and articles. The CBT is that... Uh, competitive balance tax. And that is, I think that's an argument on the owner. I feel like, you know, that's, that's an owner idea and a player idea because the players yeah. are worried about the, the top of that tax, you know, yeah. what the threshold is on that because it acts like a soft cap, yeah. uh, salary cap. But then I think maybe on the ownership side, they're trying to, you know, how do they, they don't want it to be as high, but they want it to be a little bit lower. But at the same time, I think they want the money that's shared to be used differently. Right. You know, which, which to your point kind of divides what you said. So maybe the players are more unified. The owners are a little divisive because that, that, that soft cap or that CBT affects Mm -hmm. teams differently. Right, like the Yankees yeah, that, and the Dodgers. Yes, right. That's right. That's that the CBT point. does. Yes. Right. So that's I'm the owner of the Dodgers, and I don't really care about the CBT because I'm paying it anyway. Right. And so, but I'm the owner of the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm you know arbitrarily throwing out teams, but mid market teams or or small market. No, but teams. that's the right idea. Is the market yeah. size I think affects the idea of what the CBT does. Right. 
Which to your original point is that maybe, maybe behind the scenes, the owners aren't as unified as they could be because the money and the dollars affect them also differently. I mean, I think that's logical. Yeah. But yeah. my point uh, yeah. was, the I said, there's always come down to the 11th hour. We're not going to hear anything good like, ooh, they're really close to a deal. They're really close. They're, you're never going to hear that. It's either going to get done or it won't. And there'll be some contentious statements, you know, maybe right before. And then this is what the speech will sound like, folks. Ramos, mark this tape. No, you're you're spot it's, on. Go here's for this it. speech. Oh my God! Yeah, it was a lot of hard work, and you know we're just super excited to kind of have have worked this out, and you know we got another three, five years, whatever the agreement is. To uh, you know, we're really excited to start playing baseball again and business as usual. Yeah, it was a it was a hard fought negotiation, but we respect them and they respect us, and I mean that's going to be both sides. Like so, just that's what it's going to be. You're right. So unless this, unless we're having this conversation in July, and if that's the case, then you know we might have to really step up our podcast because you won't be working. And yeah, <laughs> no doubt, be dude. I'm going to need to supplement some income here, boy. <laughs> Crazy. I might do start doing some more dude uh, cut-ins on my Instagram, oh, but uh, there you go. no, that's great stuff. That's pretty well explained, and I think you're exactly right, Tuttle, about how it's going to end. It's just going to be a, it was you know it was a knockdown drag out. Both sides wanted what they wanted, they got what they wanted, and here we are. Let's play some baseball, and all of a sudden, you know, just forget everything that led up to this uh, and, and focus on the game. And hopefully, that's what it is too, because that's ultimately what we all want. But uh, that's basically all we have for a CBA Major League Baseball update. We're going to take a word from our sponsor and get right back at you with some more action around our brains in sports. <laughs> the best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And welcome back. Hopefully the uh, sponsors treat you right here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Don't forget that uh, you can reach us at bleacherblums.com, uh, blummers at blummer twenty seven. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, myself at Real David Tuttle. I should say at Blummer Twenty Seven. I think if we if they don't remember the at, then we probably shouldn't be pushing that anyway. <laughs> Everything's an at nowadays. That's right. right that's right. Uh, Bleacherblums.com has our merchandise, and uh, actually, you can grab the podcast there and just learn a little bit more about Mr. Jeff Blum and myself, David Tuttle, uh, the co-host of the Bleacher Blums podcast. And then on YouTube, if you search Bleacher Blums, you can see the short hop. So you can see our lovely combed hair, or Blummer, and his. Uh, Dude abides sweater today, but um, anyway. So continue to listen, rate, review, subscribe to uh, us on uh, any podcast platform that you so choose. So, Blummer, we were talking about baseball during the lockout, so there's not a whole lot we can say about that. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. I think not living in Houston, maybe I don't understand the gravity or the. Uh 
the monstrosity that is the rodeo coming to town. I think we touched on it a couple <laughs> weeks ago, but uh, I, you and I had a, a funny conversation off air. And um, I think since Major League Baseball is in the lockout, they took down all like names and likenesses. But you went to the PBR <laughs> website, the professional bull riders, and the athletes are not the cowboys, which that surprised me. So. <sighs> What uh, what's what's going on with the rodeo? I think you are saying that Kojo is going to be the the heartthrob of uh, everybody there. Yes. But uh, tell me tell me what's on tap for the weekend in terms of uh, the rodeo. Yeah, we will be going to the barbecue barbecue cookoff, which is an incredible event. You know, it's got to be about 60, 70 tents. It's it's music, it's partying, it's good barbecue. That will that's always a blast. And like you said, Kojo, who is Cody Johnson, for those who don't know, uh, my daughters are absolutely infatuated, and I was able to pull off and get them some tickets. And we're going to go see him, I believe, on the twenty eighth. That dead that'll be our deadline party with Cody Johnson, <laughs> and. Uh, in, in getting ready for the for our podcast, you know, we try and bring as much content as we can, but sometimes you go down wormhole or, or you're, you, you know, you hit that roadblock in your skull and you're like, what am I going to talk about? And I typed in PBR. So I, I go to the professional bull riding website. I'm scrolling through and seeing what's going on. You know, they've got rodeo clowns. They've got uh, all the latest updates. And it's there's a section that has athletes. And I'm assuming it's going to have the cowboys or the bull riders who are who are the athletes. And I see, you know, uh, Dalen Swearigan is is the number one bull rider. And then I click on the athlete section, and not only do you see the bull riders, you see the bulls who are ranked. So right now, the number one bull is riding solo. 1A, they have two number ones. I don't know how that works out or how you even rate a bull. And maybe it's how many times you knock this guy or knock a guy off and how many ribs or broken bones or concussions you've caused. That's crazy. But uh, 1A is Woopaw. And number three sounds a little more vicious than riding solo. Number three is Nighthawk. So Nighthawk is your number three bull. But there are as many bulls on this website, webpage, as there are bull riders. And that just fascinates me. I think it's incredible because I've, having witnessed them in person, it, it, it is unbelievable what is happening when you're trying to ride a bull for eight seconds, dude. So that's my rodeo update. That's great. I I, uh, I just, in you that set whole- set that up beautifully, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you. In that whole like little kind of explanation, what stood out to me was that- um, Rodeo clowns, like there's a job you can take if the lockout continues and the rodeo stays hey, in town. Like, dude, me up rodeo put clowns, me in, put me in death's way. <laughs> yeah, woo, that is a job. That's like, uh, you know, Micro's dirty jobs. I don't know if he ever did dirt uh, rodeo clown, but man, that's that is like Could a you? death defying. That's cr- that's crazier than actually riding the bull for eight seconds. And they're seven. like, I mean, if you, I mean, if you get to get a chance to go to the rodeo, I mean, they're swiping at them trying to get their attention away from the riders. I, I mean, they're asking for it and yet they get out of the way i'd be the guy that would be like smacking the bull and the bull would all of a sudden turn its attention to me and i try and like climb up the gate they got there oh, yeah. and yep. there goes my hamstring and i'm face okay. down as this bull sticks its horn right up my yeah. caboose and fires me into the third row yeah i don't know if playing dead works with those things because they'll stomp on you too <laughs> right? like just drop it. you're like oh my hamstring like play dead no i don't think that works They're, they'll they'll, after they'll see it through yeah um, that's crazy. I mean, the rodeo clown job is nuts. But uh, I, I did have the opportunity to go to a rodeo in Billings, Montana, one time, and uh, oh, nice. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. And I think, um, again, if the rodeo I know is always in town uh, here in February, but maybe 
I know we're trying to get the lockout ended and I want to come out for a weekend or something like that, but maybe I pick a time when the rodeo's in town and we'll come out. Uh, probably. Oh, a, if you come out, you're definitely going. Yeah, we'll go there. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it'd be nice to kind of combine it all, right? It'd be a, an yep. event and then- One-stop shop. One-stop shop. We could record a couple of podcasts, you know, we'd get everything done. Mm. But uh, it's an event and it's in town for a pretty good amount of time, isn't it? It's like 10 yeah, they're days, there for two a month. weeks. Oh, a yeah, month? They're, they're, they're there for a month. You know, you want a funny story about the, the rodeo? I do. Yes, you do. And, and it's correlation with baseball. So we'll keep it baseball-centric and, and tell a rodeo story at the same time. So I, I left the Astros, and I got traded away in 2003. Between you know, And then I come back and sign with the Astros in 2008. And at the time, Carlos Lee is in the middle of his you know, $100 million contract. And I don't, I, I'm just meeting Carlos Lee for the first time and obviously other guys in the clubhouse. But we get about, oh, man, we get into that first week of March. You know, games are starting to get in the flow. You're starting to play five innings. You're starting to get those three at bats. You're starting to be like, okay, season is is around the corner. Starting to you know uh, engage, start to lock in, and we I roll out to uh, stretch, and Carlos Lee's not there, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's got the day off. The next day we roll out to stretch. Carlos Lee's not there again, and I'm going, dude, this is this is the caballo. This is our mm-hmm. this is our four hole hitter. I'm like, yeah. hey man, two, is this guy okay? Is he hurt? Is he not healthy? You know what's going on? Why isn't he here? And one of the veteran guys comes over to me and goes, hey, have you heard of the Houston Rodeo? And I was like, no, because we're always in spring training. So why would I know about it? And he's like, well, it's a big deal. And I don't know if you know this about Carlos Lee, but in his contract, he got a week off of spring training to go back to Houston to go to the livestock show at the rodeo in Houston. And I was like, what? So I come to find out later in that season as I'm walking up and down the plane, that Carlos Lee has his computer up. I tell the story all the time at like galas and uh, when right. I'm emceeing because it just you know it's it's Everybody's baseball like talk. That. And and when I say what I'm about to say, you're gonna you're gonna get a chuckle because everybody's watching movies, playing cards, playing music, talking, uh, you know, and doing their thing. And he's in the back of the plane, has his headphones on, and I walk by and his computer's open, and he's looking at beef. And now when I say that at a gala, yeah. everybody goes, what? He's looking at beef. You immediately yeah. think. Oh, yeah. You know, In a the female. locker room, major league guy, yeah, yes. A, fe- a female person, you know. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, dude, I go, and I said that to him. I go, man, I go, you're just back here staring at beef this whole flight. He goes, yep. So he is a cattle rancher. He has a cattle ranch in Panama. And he's, he said he's got, you know, he's like the John Dutton of Panama, Nice. So he's got his own Yellowstone down there, and he is he leave he would leave once a week during spring training to go to the Houston Livestock Show and buy cattle. Nice. That that was his thing. That's my I rodeo bet, story. That's a great story, and I bet. I mean, you know, we met guys throughout our career. You're like, oh, that guy's a smart guy, or this guy's a businessman, or um, I remember one one spring training with the Cincinnati Reds. This guy showed up, an Ivy League guy, pretty good left-handed hitter, maybe switch hitter, kind of infield guy. I think he might have made a short season team or a I don't know a ball team, and then he either retired. Mike Hill, okay. <laughs> the president of uh, the Florida Marlins. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's pretty smart. Uh, Done all right. Anyway, he was a good guy, <laughs> but I think he had different aspirations. But you meet these guys along the way. You're like, oh yeah, Mike Hill. That guy's pretty smart, and he's oh now he's in charge of a baseball team with you know Derek Jeter owning. But anyway, kind of an interesting. Um, that's a great story about Carlos Lee, and and I think you know probably his hundred million dollar contract and whatever he made in earnings probably goes a long way down in Panama. I bet he is still very successful in terms of ranching and raising livestock down in uh, 
down in Panama. Have you heard anything? Like you could probably buy some grass-fed beef from his uh, from his. Yeah, who, who knows? Maybe I have, but I, I would imagine you know the way <laughs> things the are going store. right now. Yeah, like, the beef sales are off the charts. He's probably doing extremely good. That's I, I, I did hear a story, and I don't know when it was, but there was you know it, it was. I don't know if it was like, you know, a third world country or a, a country that just didn't have the resources that some of these other countries do to, you know, raise their own cattle, but they had like a tsunami, a flood, a hurricane, some kind of natural disaster, like wiped out their beef supply. And they, they had the, you know, they get the emergency funding from whoever, mm -hmm. and they went to him and bought cattle from him to replenish wow. this country's beef supply. That, wow. that was one of the stories I've heard. Carlos Lee doing well outside of baseball. So there you go. This yeah, is not, the not a trickle, bad side hustle. There you go. Trick, trickle down economics, right? I mean, the guy's <laughs> reinvesting and doing what he's supposed to be doing. But again, you mentioned Max Scherzer at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, you know, some of these guys are, you know, I mean, not everybody is able to make a living uh, from the money they earned in baseball. And I think it's a, yeah, there you go. You have four daughters. I have uh, three kids. <laughs> We played baseball for a com combined 25 years. Hence the podcast. Yeah. There you go. So anyway. Um, you get a tank see. of gas out of this podcast every month. Yeah. That's right. I do. <laughs> barely a tank of gas in California. You still send me pictures of gas. It's like $5 a gallon. I'm like, I can barely fill up the tank. So, um, Hey, I do have a Weddle Tuttle say. Um, I know you'll have some feedback here. So let's see. Weddle Tuttle say has been a while. I... Uh, took one of my daughters to soccer practice the other night and my other daughter wanted to go to she calls it super target but it's just a target a large target <laughs> and uh she wanted to shop for a couple of things i'm like sure let's cruise into target and kill some time so i don't have to do anything but uh she's like oh i got oh, i gotta try this on and so i don't typically take my 12 year old daughter my wife will take them you know out or whatever but let's go back to the dressing room and my daughter tried on a couple of things and she came out and she goes it smells terrible in there. And oh, I'm like, no. yeah. And I'm like, do you think somebody mistook the Target dressing room for the lavatory? Like, what's going on in the restroom? Stop. So I went back in there. All the doors are shut. And she was like, she's like, and I went back in there. I'm like, oh my God, it smells really? terrible. And, well, this is just funny. But my wife kind of came, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of a weak story, but it's just a funny. I was like, man, it does smell. My wife then, I told my wife, she's out of town, as I mentioned. She's on the phone. And I'm like, yeah, I took Julia to Target tonight. And she had to try on a couple of things. And it smelled terrible back there. And I feel like somebody mistook the restroom for the dressing room and vice versa. And she goes, no, no, no. She goes, typically like mothers, like nursing mothers or something like that, if they don't have a Target, they'll take that as the diaper changing station back there. Oh, man. And I'm like, no, but there's a diaper changing station in the restroom. They have a family restroom. But anyway. And Targets I, the, usually have decent bathrooms. Yeah. The reason this is a boring story is I don't have a conclusion to the story. I, there's no punchline. Still I just, a mystery. It smelled terrible. And I was like, man, like I am not taking my daughter Have to Target again. It smelled <laughs> terrible. But at least my wife provided some color because it smelled, it smelled exactly there's an old joke. She's and this trying might to make help. people yeah. There's an old joke that Red Fox used to tell about uh the <laughs> No, no, no. I know. I, I'll clean it up. About the maid <laughs> on the elevator that really had to let the let it go. And there was people on the elevator, and they couldn't get on the elevator, and they <laughs> got off. The and they blobs. Yeah, welcome. To, and uh, finally, everybody gets off the elevator, and the maid cuts loose. And then she takes the pine saw, and she's like, Shh, right? And so somebody gets on the elevator about five minutes later. He's like, yeah, that's right. He goes, 
man, it smells like somebody crapped a Christmas tree in here. <laughs> but but that's kind of the the, the reason it I like tell. Like a bear took a dump in the woods. That's here. right. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> smells like somebody crapped a Christmas tree. But anyway, Red Fox tells a joke way better than I do. But that's what I felt like at Target. You know, you're kind of back there and you're, and you're like, man. They, like to try on clothes in there is like they should have a sign out say warning like try on clothes at your own yeah at your own peril, but I just I just couldn't get over the smell and I just was ooh I was I just oh, I was like are you really gonna go try on clothes in that so anyway that's uh that's I don't know that's it's a funny story but uh, that's all I got for Waddle Tuttle say do you uh <laughs> did, have you here's a question have you ever taken I mean you have four four dollars. Did, did your wife typically take them shopping or if like you guys go to the mall oh, at this age now, they just go off on their own, but you never, oh, yeah. you have stories yeah. like, dad, will you take us over to. No, I, I've done the shopping experience a couple times with the girls, you know, just trying to have some of that daddy daughter time and, mm-hmm. you know, and hook them up and have a good time and, and try and maximize the time that you do have with them. But, uh, the, you know, we talked about milestones at the beginning of the podcast. The, there was a huge milestone as a dad of four girls when I could stop taking them into the men's restroom. Yes. You know, that yep. that was a huge milestone. for. I was like, sweet, dear yep. God, I can keep them away from the hell that is all breaking loose in a men's <laughs> restroom, right. especially out in public. I mean, good right. Lord. So... Well, and that, uh, that has would, nothing to do with perverts. That just has to do with taking them into a men's restroom that probably smells like that Target <laughs> dressing I mean, room. If you're it's anything the worst. like me, you, you debate going to a public restroom. I do. You I'm like, to, do, you know, do I like, really have to go? <laughs> yeah, and that's why you're kind of like searching out the Targets or the local Bucky's. How far away is Bucky's? I need to get in one of their. You don't know what Bucky's is, but no, I do not. Their their claim to fame is the cleanest bathroom in America. Uh. Well, and, you uh, you know, there's certain, you got your, you got your spots around town where you're like, yeah, I've got no problem going in there. But then you're like, oh, man, I'm sure as hell not going in there. No. But, well, you uh, know, the, the spectrum out here. So the spectrum, I would always yeah. just find the Nordstrom, just get into Nordstrom. Yes. They, yeah. they, you're like, yes, Nordstrom, that's good stuff. Cause mm-hmm. the public restrooms out by the Ferris They're wheel are cutting it. You're like, you got like the family restroom, you know, yeah. so you got, you got options. <laughs> yeah. But then, like you said, taking your daughters in there. That's what I always said about the new, like out here, I always send you a picture of the old, you know, like the all gender restroom or whatever, and you're like, mm-hmm. poor women, man. The fact that they just kind of made all the restrooms Everything all they gender, have is it's being like encroached on. It's encroached on, but but poor women. Like I have to go into this all gender restroom where like five yeah. men were in here before me. Like men, you know, I'm not good at my own house. I just get told that all the time. Like leaving the seat up, leaving the seat down. It's like poor women. It's like that affects them in a worse way. It's mass destruction. Yeah. So ESPN put out a list and our producer Mark Ramos sent this to me and I've been kind of sitting on it for a couple of weeks, but they sent out their top 100 major league baseball players of all time. And obviously when you have the downtime with the lockout, you're able to look some of these things up, but I'm going to burst the bubble on this because they have, and this may be unpopular, whatever, let me know. Like Tuttle said, you can at Blummer 27 on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Tuttle is on there also at real David Tuttle. And of course at bleacher blums, but, uh, Babe Ruth is not the number one Major League Baseball player for me. He's just not. I know the statistics are there. He was a home run leader forever. Uh, 2,214 RBIs is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, And this whole idea of him being a two-way player is a farce. He pitched. Guess what he stopped doing after pitching for two years? Pitching. Because he wasn't good. His numbers aren't all that great. He had a 2.28 in era, in like the dead ball era when they were pitching beanbags up there. I mean, come on, man. 
And the idea that hitting 700 and what are you, 714 home runs, he was, let's define an era. How many guys in their era did better than entire teams? Babe Ruth was a guy who went out and put up statistically had better numbers than entire teams. Yeah. How that, that explains the competition for yeah. me a little bit. People are going to say, that's what makes him great. I'm going to say that's what made him great. But at the yeah. same time, it kind of gave me a definition of what the league looked like. That's right. And uh, Willie Mays, who was number two on this list, I think Willie Mays should be number two on, or number one. Oh, nice. I, I, I think it's just because he was hyper-athletic in the outfield. The numbers he put up were absolutely insane. Hitting over 300 for his career and having 660 home runs is, is beyond anything that I can comprehend. It's it's amazing to me to be that that good at hitting and that powerful at hitting at the same time, yet playing a Gold Glove center field. So, yeah. I'm in the Willie Mays camp. I don't know. Blow me up if you want, but Babe no, Ruth no, is not I like it. one. Well, I I agree with you, and I think we I I have I've said this here before. As optimistic as I am, I'm terrible at comparing eras. And I still, um, mm-hmm. they just came out with the all, you know, the 75 year, you know, anniversary team in the NBA. And I think Michael mm-hmm. Jordan stayed number one and LeBron was number two. You know, I think that's right. I, I don't, I think Kobe could be in the top five, but yeah, I think they had him at 10. So I can disagree wow. with that. But yeah. how do you go compare like eras? Like, you know, Bill Russell that's still gets a lot of- That's ultimately the question. You're right. That's right. Like Bill Russell gets a hell, a lot of critique because he won 11 championships, but he's not in the top 20 players of all time. It's kind of like, well, you know, I, Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls and they call him the GOAT. So I don't know if it's because they thought his impact was more. I mean, Bill Russell just keeps losing luster every year, but how do we compare it? And I think you made a really good point. You know, Barry Bonds was a fantastic baseball player, and we talked about when Jeff Kent batted behind him or when nobody batted behind him or, you know, Rich Aurelia batted behind him. Like, you know, <laughs> it made Rich Aurelia's, you know, career because he had to yeah. drive in runs. And But Barry Bonds was unbelievable, as you know, playing on the, you know, against him. Just Barry Bonds is he, my top five. He's not eighth or ninth right. or whatever he was in this list. No, yeah. that's right. But you look at his numbers, and if you took his whatever normally is 45 home runs and his 120 ribbies, you can't add up the next three guys in the lineup and go, yeah, Barry Bonds had more home runs and more RBIs. Like you said, Babe Ruth, you know, with 40 home runs and 110 RBIs was more than the next seven dudes on in his lineup. You know, this guy yeah. had two home runs and he hit 250, and then this guy had, you know, seven RBIs. And anyway, I just that tells you to your point that tells you a little bit about the era and i just think you know there's always some even when i read old books you know there's always some lore and some kind of folktale that kind of just continues to foster and foster and foster and you know it, i don't know if it'll ever go away but i would agree i would agree with you and disagree with espn that babe ruth is the greatest baseball player of all time his numbers were fantastic but if you're yes. not facing I mean, we joked about this before. Goose Gossage, when I was young, growing up on the East Coast, he would come in with one out in the seventh inning. <laughs> you know, three six and two thirds. Yeah, like legit He's like, three innings. Yeah, saves. all right. You know, and I almost Every felt like Steinbrenner. Day. I felt like Steinbrenner was the first guy with the phone down to the bullpen. It's like, oh, <laughs> get the goose. Oh, hey, where's Billy Martin? Where, where's the red red phone to Billy Martin? You know, he's up there watching the game, and it's <laughs> yeah. four to two, and oh shit, they're in some trouble. Hey, uh, get Goose up. You know, Goose Gossage would come in get out of the uh, seventh inning, throw an eighth inning and the ninth inning and get a save. Like, that's a real save. Bear, Babe Ruth did not face those kind of pitching guys, like you said, maybe yeah. beanbags or whatever. But I think the the field was certainly slanted in his uh, 
in his favor. And it doesn't mean he wasn't a great baseball player, no. but it's, you know, it's kind of like a guy before his time, you know? That may have been more the case. I think that's exactly what the case is because the league yeah. was not ready for somebody to go out there and do what he was doing. Correct. It was and, amazing. And, well, and the comparator would be Jim Brown. And I, it just came to oh, me. My God, dad yeah. would talk about Jim Brown like, you know, God's gift. But, you know, Jim Brown was 6'2", about 220. Most of the right? linemen in the NFL in the 60s and 70s weighed about 215, 220. So Jim Brown is running like a gazelle and knocking people over. I mean, that's what made him so fantastic. And so I think, again, that doesn't diminish what Jim Brown did, but he was a man before his time. He was bigger and stronger. Now we look at somebody like Aaron Donald who dominates all these guys are professionals. They wanted to be professional football players since they were little. They all weigh 300 pounds. And here's a guy that's actually standing out. I mean, standing out in today's game, regardless of what you know professional sport you're in, is a much bigger accomplishment. And I think we've, you know, we've certainly covered that. Yeah, we have. This has been one of the more interesting podcasts. I hope that everybody enjoyed it. We went from good times at home and controversy. And I hope you just kind of hung with us and got through that because uh, that was good to vent a little bit and throw some ideas out there. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it's the nature of the beast right now. And we're kind of off on tangents and letting the mind wander a little bit and explore some opinions and explore some maybe topics that we wouldn't normally uh, talk about. But we're hoping that baseball gets back to being played. Uh, we know that things outside of the U.S. have gotten a little interesting. So again, at the end of every Bleacher Blums podcast, we like to uh, just give the military a shout out, both home and abroad. Uh, a lot of uncertainty out there, but one thing is certain that we've got your back because you have been covering ours for so long. So we greatly appreciate those who serve, all the first responders who who go into harm's way, protect us and get us out of harm's way and uh, get us back into working shape. We appreciate you, everybody, all the essential workers, all the essential uh, you know uh, EMTs, doctors, and teachers. Most definitely, I've had the chance to go into you know, a couple of inner city high schools this past week and visit with some of the uh, kids, some of the students and some of the administration. And they're doing some just incredible work. And it's fun to be able to see that and get in front of those people and uh, see the hard work paying off. So great. Thank you to all the teachers and administrators. Tuttle's our closer and he's going to close this one out. Yeah. So if you're over the age of 45, don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. And as always, we end this podcast encouraging you folks listening to this podcast to get after it and believe it. Believe it. I'm glad you combed your hair while I ran late. Yep. You look good. I combed it with a pillow. <laughs>